2: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, October the 1st, 2012. This is episode number 120 of Purple Mafia. I am your host, Joey Wygen, or Paladino Joey, as Dylan Richardson was so kind enough to introduce me on the beginning of the introduction there, calling me Paladino Joey. Yes, sir. Well, approval mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to me and I hope it is to you. (sighs) Boy, oh boy. Um, Yeah. You listeners are unbelievable. That's all I got to say. Yeah, as mentioned on the, uh, the Facebook page, now not so many people are on it yet for whatever reason. I mean, and that's whatever reason it is, <laughs> um, but the listenership, ladies and gentlemen, has exploded, at least for one week, and I hope it continues, that uh, was unbelievable, I mean, I absolutely shattered my all-time listenership record, uh, That fr- I, I, I believe it was in September 2010, I had a certain number, let's just say, I'm not going to say what it is, but let's say it virtually quadrupled, yeah. Yeah. last week, quadrupled, yeah, I'm not kidding, at all, I'm not kidding, it's uh, actually quintupled, you could say, closer to quintupled, I'm just in awe, and I thank each and every one of you so, so very much for, (laughs) you know, making this possible, those of you out there that did tell your friends um, over the course of time, and those out there that are checking in for the first time or second time, thank you so very much for Making this possible, it has just been absolutely unbelievable. Well, we have two callers today to get to the <coughs> get onto the show. <laughs> two callers. Okay, first, before I say that, I am going to give each and every one of you listeners this time a guitar. Thanks again, every every one of you. You all deserve the gold star for last week, because, you know, I can't give it to one person. No way. No way. Not not this last week, after what happened. Whew. Um, but anyhow, yeah, the Vikings played a football game on Sunday, and they won, which is absolutely spectacular. Uh, <laughs> as mentioned, though, we have two colors into the show. The, the number is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Imagine what show you're calling into, which is, of course, Purple mafia. That would be very terrific. Uh, Sebastian Balls and Anthony from L.A. You could call it the call-in Hall of Fame right there. Those guys have probably called in more than anybody else. And they are back once again here and listening to all of you out there. Well, I hope you've come back to this episode and didn't just listen to one episode. (laughs) That would be quite a shame. Hey, and the team's winning. They kept winning. Yeah, of course the San Francisco win was a big shock. But we won our first division game in forever, as mentioned by Lots of you, including Anthony from LA and his call. But first, uh we're gonna take him in the order received, so that would be Sebastian Balls right here.
1: Hey Joy Sebastian. I cannot believe we actually won. Uh like I told you last night, uh, through via Facebook message, I did not think we were gonna win. It was just a last second gut feeling at the moment. Uh I can't believe we pulled it off. Our offense did not look too great. The offensive line looked um what do you want to call it, decent, decently enough that Peterson got 100-plus yards, but not decent enough that Ponder had enough time to sit in the pocket and look around and throw. And I'll loop back to the point that I've been making all year. If Ponder has time, he can really do some damage, but he's had, like, no time passing it today. Uh, thank you, Marcus Sherrill and Percy Harvin, for being so elite because special teams, that's how we want it in defense. Can you believe Sanford actually played a good game? Harrison Smith to jar the ball loose from Megatron in the end zone. What hit? I could not believe it. And that was my phone going off again. Um, I, I'm out of words for how good our defense actually played. Jared Allen got another sack. Uh, I'm, I can't believe it. Skull
2: Vikings. Let's get another one. Man, uh, thank you for that, Colin. Sebastian, great to have you on board as always. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you didn't see us winning the game, and really, it ended up being a hell of a lot tougher than some people thought. I saw this thing being a stressful game, and it was a very stressful game. I mean, it seems like every time we go into Detroit, it brings out a lot of uh, that inner <laughs> frustration. It 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 really does. I mean, I get bleeping pissed every time we go to Detroit. I, I don't know why. We usually win, even, you know, depending on the, I mean, the circumstances, but we usually win. Yeah, anyhow, back to what Sebastian said. Yeah, I mean, it was the offensive, the offense struggled in, in general. Yes, it, I thought it was going to be much more of an aerial type of game than it was. I mean, it was very much on the ground and underneath, on the ground, underneath, underneath, on the ground, on the ground, underneath. It's what it was, basically. underneath, or or thrown in the middle. You know, you get the idea. A lot of up-the-middle type passes, and Adrian was doggone outstanding, absolutely. Yeah, the O-line, the pass protection was not good. The run blocking was pretty good. Yes, I I agree with that. Um, Adrian played significantly better in this game. I mean, that's a huge thing we can say right now, and we'll continue to say as we continue into the general game review, as soon as we get out of the calls and the Facebook and everything. Yep, Facebook page. Yeah, a lot to get to. Like last week, fairly similar. Hopefully, similar results with the listenership. Then, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It just seemed like a, the whole game. Whenever Ponder was going to pass, uh, the defensive line of Detroit was basically right on top of him. He was running for for life. Would it would be a rollout pass, and it would be maybe a three yard three yard completion or less. It just seemed like that's all it was the whole game. Yep, the whole game. I, I, I don't know, I guess because it was a divisional game. Because Detroit certainly didn't seem to look very defensive-minded against Tennessee, did they? Oh boy, thank God Tennessee's our opponent next week. But then again, here we go again. <laughs> Copyright Ronald Reagan, right? <laughs> it's like, here we go again. Watch watch Tennessee's defense be really good. Ah, they won't be. Anyhow, uh, yeah, with time, Ponder could be elite. I agree, very dangerous. Unfortunately, that's there's a testimony, testament right there to what you said. When he doesn't have time, yeah, it's, well, like most quarterbacks, it's not going to be the prettiest game ever. Christian Ponder finishing with only 111 yards, but still, believe it or not, a completion percentage over 60 at 61.5. Yeah, but no touchdowns, thank God, no interceptions. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Anthony Vermelli talks about that in a second. Yep, Sheryls and Harvin, yeah, everybody's going to be talking about those guys today. Great game for them. We'll get more into that later. That was, uh, yeah, Harrison Smith, and yeah, both (laughs) Sebastian and Anthony in the call. I'm tired of, or it's not, what am I saying, tired? I mean, I'm sorry to foreshadow like that. Sorry to foreshadow what Anthony's saying before he gets to actually say it himself. Um, Yeah, Detroit receivers played scared. As things got on because of the hit by Greenway and uh, Harrison Smith yeah guys like that jarred the ball loose for Megatron that was very very impressive so thank you for that call Sebastian if I missed some stuff I apologize you said quite a bit in a very short time so (laughs) might not might miss some of the things you said I apologize that happened with anybody so with that here is Anthony from LA what's
0: up Joey Anthony from L.A. First off, I want to say congratulations to your your listeners. How you uh, surpassed your record. That's great. Awesome. Keep it up. On to the game. You know, I'm super excited about this game. You know, first punt return in who knows how long. I heard it was like Nick Burleson did it on TV. And you know, uh, the the lions. Our offense did look a little like uh, a little slow because uh, I think just because they, they really keyed in on Harvin, they really couldn't do anything. They're sniffed out like every screen pass we tried to do. One of them was almost intercepted. Ponder, uh, uh, I think, the, just a slight step backwards because he seemed to uh, get a little a little uh, rattled with the pressure. And he missed uh, Michael Jenkins wide open for a touchdown on that one Percy Harvin screen that, that was missed out and Jenkins kind of rolled out to the left and, and was pretty much no one followed and he was going down the sideline wide open. Um, so we know that Percy Harvin can't do it all. We need to get some step, step up. But, uh, Jerome Simpson, you know, first game back, you know, caught a couple third down, third down passes to keep those drives going. But I, I just, I also don't like how we are, not converting on, on third down, you know. And when there was a third and two, there was a couple third and two, third and three, third and fours. I think that we should have ran the ball. I think we should just ran it because uh, Peterson, when he's averaged some six yards to carry this game, you know, he, he came close to, to breaking some three Um And you know what else is good is that we don't, we haven't fumbled the ball. You know, we haven't, other than Gerhardt at the end of the Forty ers game, we haven't, we haven't put the ball on the ground. We kept the defense in good spots, but long punt, and giving them long fields and didn't get Detroit any short field ball. And the secondary is getting better, way better. I noticed with Matt and that coverage, Harrison Smith is getting a rep for being a big hitter after laying that hit on on Calvin Johnson, and especially after uh, Greenway he got that hit, even though it was a penalty for, for a hit to the head. That pretty much set the tone that we're out to hit, and they, they pretty much were scared. I think Pettigrew dropped that pass in the end zone because he saw Harrison coming to the side. Honestly, I think that's why. You know, I, I'm I'm real real happy with the you know 13 points, two games in a row giving us 13 points. That you know, we're what top 10? Uh, actually, we're under the top 10. Somewhere in the top eight or nine, I believe now. Um. So, anyway, Joey, uh Joyce, congrats on your on your listeners again, and I can't wait for next week. You know, to be four one. All right, see you later.
2: And as always, again, <laughs> thank you for that. Colin Anthony from L.A., very, very cool, very cool indeed. Yep. Thank you very, very much for uh, the, the kind words about the record. It's uh, It was a very surreal moment. Uh, let's just say I was at a movie on Saturday, and all of a sudden I got a text message from Dylan Richardson saying, holy cow, look, look, look at the numbers for Purple Mafia. Couldn't believe it, and rest is history, at least thus far at least for one week. Hopefully it continues anyhow. Uh, enough of self-indulgence on my part. <laughs> Thank you very much for the uh, the love there, Anthony. I appreciate it. I, I, I really do. Um, yeah, we had our first punt return in forever. Yes, you mentioned. it's Yeah, it has been a long time. I'm not exactly sure when the last time was, so I do apologize for that. It uh, <laughs> It was an awesome, awesome deal. Yeah, we've had a few kick returns for a while, but the punt returns, yeah. This one of course is Marcus Shell's a seventy seven yard de pay dust. And of course Percy Harvin opened the game up with one oh five. Yep, one oh five, the opening kickoff. You know, that's always a good sign that we're in good shape when you can get a hundred and five yard or whatever it is. Heck if it's seventy five, I don't care what it is, as long as it if it's a kick return for a touchdown to open a game on the road, you probably are in pretty good hands. Um, doesn't guarantee anything. You might stink the rest of the game. And, uh, yeah, the offense was not exactly making anybody blush. <laughs> not exactly making the 99 Rams or the 98 Vikings blush, but, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, special teams, uh, <laughs> at least on, on, two, on two kicks, kick return and a punt return later on, was doggone awesome. Christian Ponder, yep. You know, this is another thing, you know, similar to what Sebastian said. Yeah, Ponder was very rattled. Yeah, he did miss Jenkins down the sidelines, as you mentioned. That was... It's just one of those things. He didn't really have time. Uh, you'd like to see him spread the ball more. Yeah, it seems like we're just obsessed with... It seemed like the whole game was just Harvin and, and Adrian. Harvin and Adrian, Harvin and Adrian. And, you know, we know why. They're the two best offensive players on the team. Along with Ponder, you could say he was the third best or second best or whatever. But, <laughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, we would like to see it spread a little bit more. I um, Let's look at the receiving. You know, when you think about it, the receiving overall for the Vikings, yeah, I mean, Jerome Simpson, he's there. He led the team in the receptions total and receiving yards. He had a very clutch uh, first down catch very late in the game that ended up, well, not leading to a field goal, but at least running the clock down a bit, which is absolutely uh, our friend there. Ran the clock down. Kyle Rudolph's two receptions in the game are only for just very, very, very marginal gains. Very tiny gains. Um, because Ponder's running around, and somebody had to basically come back to catch the ball from him, and ended up being like, you know, barely in front of the line of scrimmage, like three yards or so, and that's kind of what the whole game was, really, for the most part, except for that little loop-de-loop type of, you know, little floater that led to a 27-yard catch by Jerome Simpson, we'll take it, um... It was nice. Actually, yeah, it was a 13-yard catch, I believe it was, but it gave us a very clutch first down to keep the chains moving and the clock running. It gave us four more downs. The clock's on your side at that point. That was huge. Uh, let's continue Anthony's call before I talk more about the game on my own here. Um, yeah, the Vikings didn't convert on third down as much as you'd like. It just was that kind of game. I mean... We were able to stop Detroit a lot because a lot of Detroit receivers dropped the pass at times. Our defensive line, well, they weren't; they certainly were not on uh, on uh, Stafford as much as the Detroit line was on Ponder. <laughs> I mean, it will tell you that, but they, they were a factor much much later in the game, as mentioned. Uh, of course, yeah, the theme of this football game. I I, I think this team looked a lot similar. the 2007 and 2008 Vikings honestly. They looked more like those teams where the defense was the main focus of the team. It it looked like that today where last week well yeah it was the same thing but Ponder looked a little bit better last week against San Francisco than against Detroit. Figure that out. I can't because because San Francisco shut out the New York Jets on the road 34-0. Absolutely obliterated them. Makes the Vikings look awfully good. There's no doubt about that. The secondary is better. They're not awesome, but they're better. Detroit was getting a lot of kind of midfield plays, especially late in the game. But again, I'll say this really quick, and I'll probably get back to it later again. But in case I forget, I'll say some now. Detroit's clock management. If I was a Lions fan, I don't think I'd be too happy. I mean, you got limited time left, so we're just throwing the ball in the middle of the field every play. How about stopping the clock a little bit? You know, I mean, really? We're making short little passes up the middle? Yeah, it worked a little bit with your uh, Joy Cabell. That's a a very interesting name there. And he caught a lot of passes in the middle, but that worked better than you think. But still, I mean, come on. (laughs) You're running the clock out. What are you doing, Detroit? What are you doing, Schwartz and and Linehan and God knows who else, Stafford? (laughs) You're running the clock out on yourselves. Is that really... I don't know, is that a good game plan? I I don't know. I, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't think so. It didn't seem to help them very much. Put them in a really uh, perilous position at the end there in their final drive. Yeah, the secondary is absolutely better. And yes, the hits. The hits, which Sebastian mentioned, and of course Anthony mentioned. The hitting, yeah, it made the receivers look a little timid out there. You had a little alligator arms from guys like... Megatron and Pettigrew dropped a lot of passes in this game. He got some boos. Yes, he did. Nate Burleson was actually pretty good. He's never going to make anybody blush much, but I mean, but he was actually yeah, he was very solid in the game. Fifty-one yards on five catches. Overall, a decent kind of kind of a possession receiver, to be honest. Um, Yeah, there were a lot of drop passes in this game, and it drew a lot of ire from the crowd. Indeed. So thank you for the call again, Anthony from L.A. Now we'll kind of start bouncing around here. That's what we do best, right? Bounce around. Yeah, I guess that's what we're going to have to do. (laughs) Hope you don't mind so much. It's just, yeah, it's a busy show, just like last week. Um, But the officiating, well, yeah, great. I'll just say this real quick before I get to the Facebook page. Real quick, though, I'll mention it. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Simply go there and click like. And then there you go. That's not too difficult. Uh, for the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. Simple stuff. Yeah, there's a lot on here, and I'm going to say real quick, I might not get to all of it, but uh, it's probably not quite as crazy as last week. But if I miss something, it's because... Well, I'm going to say this real quick also. Facebook has really jacked with the Facebook pages, where stuff is just all over the place. Like, you remember before when everything was just... You know, the newer stuff is down low, and the newer and the older stuff, or the newer stuff is at the top, and the older stuff is down below. Now it's kind of like every which way. There's like multiple columns and all that, and it's kind of crazy. Sometimes you miss stuff, and if I do miss something, I do apologize. And at the same time, if I leave something out, it might be because there's not enough time. We gotta get on with the show. So all, uh, but I'm gonna try to get to as much as I can, if not everything. <sighs> yeah. But real quick, now what I was trying to get to before, the officiating. Yeah, the regular officials are back, and they sucked in this game. Honest to God, I there were a lot of calls that pissed me off. I'm just going to say that real quick. Um, there was the there was the call on Antoine Winfield that didn't. I mean, really, I've never really seen that called. I understand it's a rule, but I've never really seen it called. And. Uh, by all accounts, Antoine Winfield was in position. I mean, when the announcers, who a lot of people would like to tell you that are always against Minnesota, well, they were on our side on every one of those, quote-unquote, on every one of those bad calls. They were like, that's a tough call to, get, to make. Uh, Josh Robinson's tackle, he tackled, yeah, he tackled Kelvin Johnson. What was he supposed to do? It was an open field tackle. I've seen guys do that all the time. They're saying he slammed him on the ground. Um, he tackled him. It's not, <laughs> come on. I think that was one of the silliest, was, that was ridiculous. Uh, the call on Antoine Winfield, yeah, like I mentioned, they said he was out of position a little bit too far forward. Did he have to be five yards back or so? And, well, by all accounts, he was. Come on. The hit on Greenway versus uh, Kelvin Johnson, that was guilty. It was a little bit of a tough call that might have, got somebody else might have got away with it, but uh, I suppose you gotta call that one, I guess. and Especially being it's Well, it's Calvin Johnson. You know, he's going to get calls like that, I would think. That's just the way of of professional sports, sorry to say. Um, God, there were a lot of rough calls. And, of course, the touchdown by Matthew Stafford. Now, I understand a lot of you would be like, well, they would probably score anyway. Well, my point is, my point is, we were trying, the clock was our friend at the time, and if Detroit had to struggle maybe one or two more plays, which would probably be running place to try to get into the end zone. You want that. You want the clock to run down, and, and they're screwed. You know, you want to have less and less and less time for Detroit. Uh, Matthew Stafford was not in. I'm sorry. He wasn't, and I can't imagine too many of you would disagree with that. He jumps over the, the pile, so to speak. He's about uh, maybe six inches or so short, maybe a foot short Well, the ball. He tucks it in when he was holding it out. He tucks it in way before he, he, it crosses the the, 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 the the plane. I'm sorry, that was not a touchdown. And again, if Detroit scores again in two or three plays, I understand the score would have been the same, but there would have been less time on the clock, and that's... I'm, I'm all about clock management, folks. I am all about clock management. You hang out with me watching a football game, you'll see me just, like, obsess over that clock. I mean, I look at that clock more than more than a lot of people that's just in a game like that when you're up by a little bit you need to manage the clock well and Detroit I thought didn't but I think the refs gave them a break there honest to God they did and it pissed me off and God knows you you know you never know maybe the Vikings make a goal line stand there what if the in Detroit totally dead then that would have been great unfortunately that's just not how things went all right, a very entertaining uh, post by Sebastian Balls. I promised him that I would read it on air, and here it is. <laughs> top five top five signs you suck by Sebastian Balls. Drum roll, right? Number five, you're a defender in the Tennessee-Detroit game. <laughs> Whoa, my own sound effects there. Drum roll again. Number four, you can't remember... If you granted San Francisco with their third time out oh, yet. Yeah. Nice. Number three, even with the Cardinals, even the Cardinals make you look bad. Boom, boom, boom. Number two, you make the normal refs look like saviors. Yeah, ouch. Yeah. Because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, before I get to number one, ooh, let's keep you in suspense, right? Before I get to number one, yeah it's not a secret that a lot of the regular refs kind of suck, and uh, they kind of did suck, I thought, on Sunday. I'm sorry, I almost never talk about the refs, and I apologize to those of you out there that uh maybe new to the show and think, oh, what a freaking Kool-Aid drinking Homer. Well, if you watch the game, there were some rough calls on the Vikings. There really were, and the announcers agreed with it like every time, and how many times do you hear the announcers really agree with Vikings very rarely. <laughs> okay, the I don't know. That's just a home, that's homerist right there. What I said. I apologize. Yeah, I mean I almost never talk about the refs, but that game was there. There were some there were some not so good calls in that in that game. Let's just say. Anyhow, okay. The number one sign you sucked by Sebastian Balls. Not even the lingerie football league will let you ref. Dun dun dun. There you go. And Mark Carlson, a brand new member of, of the Purple Mafia page, welcome on board. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, very funny to Sebastian Balls there. Yes, sir. I'll read what he says. Yep, there it is. Mark Carlson's introduction, introductory, introductory uh, thread says, listen to your latest podcast today. Thank you very much. Uh, he says that was, of course, 929, September 29th. Great show. I will continue to listen. Raised a Viking fan and never wavered. That said, sure like to watch Harvin and Peterson, but hope we continue to strengthen our defense. Skull Vikings. Thank you very much. I asked him if it was his first time. Yep, I said, basically, I respond to him saying, uh, nice to meet you, thank you for listening. I asked him if it was his first time. He says, yes, it was his first time. I like the format of the show. Also thought the comments were very relevant. Re- I cannot believe I'm not reading this better. Relevant. <laughs> Opened my eyes to other thoughts, too. Been around since Bud Grant and Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> no, I like that. That's that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. That's, he saw the greatest. He saw the legends of this franchise. So that's terrific. Sebastian Balls introducing himself says, hey, Mark, I'm Sebastian Balls. I usually have my name said a million times on the show. Oh, Sebastian, look at you. Listen to this guy brag. Look at him. And Mark Carlson says, hey, Sebastian, Skull Vice. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good. I'm glad to see you guys interact. Very good. That's good. I encourage you guys to interact with each other. This is the Purple Mafia family. Welcome to the family. Yes. Yes, indeed. And, um, yeah, Mark Carlson, thank you. He says, uh, yep, Mark from Iowa. Yep. I believe he lives in South Dakota now, according to his page, but yeah, originally from Iowa, so, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. I'm not trying to screw you up there. Um, yeah, their comments were, uh, very relevant to the show. I really appreciate you guys, com- uh, see, he, he gave you guys a compliment. All of you out there, Sebastian and Anthony and Tony and Chris Tucker and, and Cedric, all you guys, fantastic. Yep, Sebastian, during the game, said that we're already shooting ourselves in the foot again, and yeah, they they did. <laughs> At the halftime, we had the lead, he says. Sebastian, he says, am I comfortable? Never. Joe Hill, in episode 19? He used my uh, <laughs> he used my uh, I believe it was a tweet, tweet and Facebook from the uh, San Francisco game. Yeah, of course not. And at the time, Cheryl's returns the punt return. Sebastian rejoicing about that. He also asks he needs more people posting here with me. Anyway, we have a mega, I have a mega bad feeling. We lose at seven fifty three in the third quarter. Got it like that. All right, where is everybody? Dang it, Sebastian. Continuing with hey Joey, my urban myth this week is <laughs> the thought that Adrian or AP tore his ACL and MCL last year. Yeah, good point, Sebastian. That's there. You go now. There's a talker right there. Adrian Peterson looked healthy, and the very first carry of the football game, I saw a difference out of Adrian Peterson versus the previous three weeks. Absolutely, he looks he looked absolutely awesome, and you could tell right away that that's what kind of game this is going to be. It was going to be the return of Adrian Peterson. Would Christian Ponder uh, break loose? Well, apparently, not much. With the or you know with the passing game open up we'll see, apparently not very much. But Adrian sure was fantastic in the football game. He looks healthier now. He looks healthier and more confident than before. Never saying the guy lacked confidence, and that he's not uh, healthy to a point. But you got there's foot there's a football confidence and a football healthy versus a confident and healthy. You know, and I think you guys have a pretty good idea what I'm getting to, and that's exactly what took place there. I'm going to kind of mess around in the Twitter and the Facebook now a little bit. That's going to be kind of like the halfway point or so. I was saying, yeah, um, let's get to some of the mentions on Twitter. I'd like to try to kind of keep these in the same spot here if I can. There's a lot, though. There always There's going to be a lot. Probably not going to get to all of them because there's just too many. Um... Basically, uh, we're talking about Adrian Peterson a lot here, saying that he was, uh, yeah, he was absolutely killing it. I appreciate (laughs) appreciate what Adrian Peterson was able to uh, do in this game. There was a, yeah, there was a very painful uh, pass interference call at one point. It ended up being a 56-yard penalty. It apparently was on Stanford, or Sanford, excuse me. I was, I made a mistake saying it was on Cook, so I'm willing to always admit any type of mistake there. That was uh, David Campbell who was kind enough to let me know that I blew that a little bit, It's <laughs> in the heat of the game. Or Darren Campbell, excuse me. Darren Campbell. Let's apologize there, Darren, if you're a listener. Adrian was awesome. Uh, yeah, Jerome Simpson drew multiple uh, pass interferences in this football game. That was uh, that was a, a key. That was absolutely a key, of course, uh, during the course of the game. It was absolutely huge. Walsh did uh, make a 49-yarder that nicked the uprights. So that was nice later on. But yeah, Jasper Brinkley and Chad Greenway overall, the hitting was very good in the game. That was good indeed. Kind of like jumping around in Twitter here as we go. <laughs> a lot of guys are kind of talking to me and I'm kind of, some of them are tweets from me there. But uh, <sighs> So much going on. i like to get this thing in the correct spot here. Matt Emer. yep, Matt Emer out of the UK says, LOL, big impact, yet he hasn't even touched the ball yet, or yet had he even touched the ball yet, that being Jerome Simpson, as I was talking about, uh, he drew a couple of pass interferences, at the time Simpson had like one catch for eight yards, <laughs> Yeah, it was just one of those deals, Dan Taylor, who also is a, uh, is from the UK, says, wow, the Lions special teams are awful, you think after last week they'd have improved, yeah, they gave up a uh, return touchdown, like I mentioned on last week's show, to Darius Raynaud, former Minnesota Viking uh, kick returner. Yeah, and no, the teams did not improve by the Lions, and they drew uh, countless boos out of the crowd, especially on that second one by Marcus Scherls. That's where Dan Taylor's responding there. That's where that came from anyway. Looks um, like there was a conversation there. This, it gets a bit complicated sometimes. Uh, I say... Yep, I was commenting about how Ponder had very little time today. Not happy with the line protection. Ditto for the Vikings' D-line. Stanford, or Stafford, I keep calling him Stanford for some reason. Stafford had lots of time all day. And, yeah, he did. Has yep, has had lots of time all day because the game certainly wasn't over yet at that point. And, yeah, I alluded to that earlier as well. Um, Detroit's, well, Stafford, let's say, had a lot more time to throw and yeah, he did complete quite a few passes during the football game. Luckily, though, a lot of passes were dropped later on, here and there, and it cost Detroit. Ponder had virtually little, had virtually no time to throw the football to throw the football, and that's what happens. Detroit played with a sense of urgency in that football game. At least the defense did. The defense played with a sense of urgency. Their offense kind of did, but at the same time, they played a little slack jawed as well, kind of like San Francisco. At the same time, we looked a little bit like San Francisco as the game as well. Oh I was, yep, yeah, when I was complaining about that a little bit, Ponder, or excuse me, Dan Taylor and Viking Idealist respond with, you know, at Viking Idealist respond with, uh, we'll start with Dan, says, true, but the Lions do have a great D-line. Not many teams will play well against them. I agree. Lacking idealist says Lions line is pretty tough though. I just hope Ponder develops ability to throw well on the run. Agree on the first part and uh, yeah, unfortunately on the second part. Yeah, apparently he has not he has not developed that yet. And yeah, as you mentioned there, Christopher. Yeah, it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. He it wasn't that good. A lo- he completed some passes for like three yards, but that's not very difficult to do. Other than that, he kept throwing the ball pretty low. He certainly did. <sighs> it was it was pretty doggone frustrating. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh my goodness, it was. I told him that, yeah, it's annoying to watch. It's an, yep, I, I responded to a bike and dealers that is annoying to watch. Ponder, indeed, struggling out there. Completing passes or making really much of a play during the game. I had to say this during the game too. That Sacre Bleu Le Chure, as I like to call him by his, by with a French accent. Yeah, he fumbled in the game. That was a huge turn as well. Vikings did get one turnover in the game. Couldn't they? Haven't really. They dropped several interceptions They dropped a, yeah several interception opportunities, especially late in the game. that were they would have been a spectacular play to catch because it was kind of like a reach to catch them. But still. It would have been nice if one guy actually caught one of them. It would have ended the game immediately, and it didn't happen. But uh, we did get one turnover, and that was Sacre Bleu Lachio fumbled at one point <laughs> in the third quarter, I believe. That was uh, that's just that was a that was a painful thing right there. And Walsh did miss his first field goal in the of in the, of the season. Ah oh, man, Vikings could have had a 17 point lead with 13 minutes left. But no, that would have been very, very hard for Detroit to come back from, I believe. It was a 46-yarder that really, to me, it really wasn't that close. It was hooked. You knew he was going to miss and it's like, uh, you know, damn, if you're going to miss, why'd you have to miss then? Because that would have probably, probably put the game on ice. No guarantee. Again, but probably. (coughs) Yep, John Creasel. Remember that name, John Creasel, a huge advocate for the Vikings stadium, uh, Drive that eventually was successful. It took a while, but it was <laughs> soon to soon to be stepping away from the political realm. Uh, he says the Vikings have no decent receivers besides Harvin. Nobody gets open, so I had to retreat that. And it was because that was a very strong uh, and an accurate statement there. I liked what he had to say there. <sighs> All right. Well, one other statement by Sebastian balls he talks about that Walsh also on the Facebook page was we'll kind of merged back to there really briefly he says now Walsh has a missed field goal now watch my bad feeling will come in play and we will blow it just watch and it came perilously close it came perilously close but the Vikings defense saved the day yeah, that's the response right there that was a I you oh know, thank God we got out of there. Bounce back over, yeah. I made a uh, when the Vikings made a big stop on fourth down and Matthew Stafford. I thought that was it because I thought that the Lions at that point were going to be done. That this was going to be <laughs> the end of their confidence. They're going to be like, you know what? You know we're we're not going to beat these guys today. And I was dumb enough to tweet, uh, "There is your dagger, Stafford sacked on fourth and five in red zone." Matthew Deary, if he's a listener, not sure if he is or not, says, well, this is a dumb tweet, because immediately the 49ers, or the 49ers, might as well call them that, the Detroit Lions, uh, brought themselves back in the football game, yes they did, oh, did they ever, (laughs) it was pretty much, yeah, it was, uh, Vikings offense did absolutely nothing, Detroit, Vikings didn't score a point in the fourth quarter, by the way, unfortunately, Vikings offense did a whole lot of nothing actually in this game. It was mostly the Vikings special teams that saved the day here and a couple of field goals by Melancio Blair Walsh. Yeah, Matthew Stafford. Man, yep, it was when Detroit, that that critical play, that critical play where Detroit was driving up the field fairly easily and Matthew Stafford was given that touchdown despite the fact he was maybe 6 inches short before he tucked the ball in Uh, yeah, I mean if he was smart he would have left the ball out, I don't know if he was in that big a danger of fumbling but I guess that's up to him how he feels there, how he felt in that situation didn't look like anybody was going to knock the ball out of his hand he just tucked it in way too early that would have been his own fault and the Lions should have had to play another down there, but they didn't but they didn't (laughs) plain and simple Mm. Detroit Lions dominated the Vikings in first downs, 23 to 15, and yeah, you could tell they dominated in total yards as well. Detroit's offense looked significantly better than the Vikings' offense on the game or on on, on Sunday. It wasn't even close, honestly. It really wasn't, especially the passing game. 319 yards for Stafford. Again, 111 for Christian Ponder. The uh, Detroit Lions defense absolutely focused in on. Christian Ponder even more than Adrian Peterson. Adrian had about as many rushing yards as Ponder had passing. That tells you something, ladies and gentlemen. It sure does. But thank God the Vikings defense was not going to allow the Lions to win the football game, and the Vikings offense was able to burn the clock up enough. I mean, enough to save the day. Oh, it felt good to see that happen. It really did. And it, um, Vikings were able to run the clock a significant amount of time. Very good clock management by Leslie Frazier and Bill Musgrave. Absolutely, you're not going to get a complaint out of me about that. I think they ran the clock extremely well in this game, and thank God Adrian Peterson ran the ball extremely well in this game. We absolutely had to get there. This, it was a uh, fourth quarter. Later in the fourth quarter, welcome back to the 100 Club, Adrian Peterson. Amazing effort, MVP of Week Four. Absolutely, that's what it was. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Yep, a lot of people talking about the missed field goal. That hurt. It sure did. Matt Emer saying total BS. It was inches away about the uh, Stafford uh, attempted touchdown there. Matthew Geary talking about how, yeah, he was still repping me about the the dagger call. (laughs) Saying, well, daggers are actual game-deciding plays. That wasn't even close, even in the moment. And I was like, I, my bad. I get it. I'm sorry. Matt emer saying, bring back the replacement refs. Got it like that. <laughs> Phil says, so unnecessarily conservative. Drives me nuts about the Vikings offense. Dan Taylor saying, this is scary. Matt Emer jumps in again saying, seriously, bring back the replacements. Ball was out before elbow hit ground. Second screw job of the night. Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah. That was uh, that was Megatron as well. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It was Stafford. Um, I think he was down. I uh, I think he was down. I think the refs were right on that one. Uh, just to be objective, I think he was right on that one. We'll see. Mannymer saying, "Well, we won. Whatever." <laughs> I don't care. That's funny. Dan Taylor saying, "Wow, wow, wow! Three and one, first place in the division. Yes, sir." Phil says, where was the first passing game today? Did we have a single slant and Percy disappeared? Disappointed. Ooh. I don't remember seeing that tweet, but there it is now. <laughs> Christopher, miking idealist, respond, or uh, tweets also as well, saying, problem was shots to Simpson were too limited. So underneath stuff stayed covered. Yeah. Um It was a very limited game. Yep, it really was a limited game, uh, passing game overall. And I probably shouldn't even say they're underneath passes. They're mostly just like short, like desperate little oh somebody's open type of passes that were completed in this football game for the most part. Other than again that beautiful clock burning first down kind of floater pass to Simpson that worked. It was it was a beauty. It was a beautiful play by Ponder and Jerome Simpson. A nice introduction for Jerome. It sure was. And uh, I'm glad to have him on this team, no doubt. Absolutely glad to have him on this team. Ho- hopefully, hopefully he can continue to step up. I mean, I'd like to see him be more of a more than a Cadre ishmail. And in that game, he certainly was. Absolutely. So that's the end of the Twitter for today. At Purple Mafia Show, give that a follow. It would be terrific. Lots of uh, in-game interaction, no doubt about it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it was mostly just dink and Dunk Passes, about 95%, so just making that statement there. At Purple Mafia Show, give that a follow. Kind of like live interaction, but of course the basic page as well is the case. Sebastian Balls, I believe, are winding down here saying, I remember last week on the show, you said we should have been 3-0 and at the time. I think you're wrong. We should have never won versus San Francisco if we didn't lose in Indianapolis. Yeah, this generates a little bit of a conversation. We'll see what happens here. Uh, it's one of those deals where it's... Yeah. It's one of those deals where, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can see where Sebastian's coming from there. It's kind of that... It's, it's a trade-off situation. Though, I, I don't know. Just because we win or lose versus Indianapolis doesn't mean we absolutely lose. I mean, just because we win in Indianapolis doesn't mean we absolutely lose against San Francisco, but it did raise the urgency for this football team, no doubt. It did. And maybe it made the Niners cocky and, and lazy. I could see that as well. It maybe have shifted the balance a little bit, but I don't know. That doesn't necessarily completely mean we would have lost to San Francisco. I mean, they played pretty bad here. San Francisco had a bad game here, and Minnesota played awesome in that football game. This is a team that wanted to win and wanted to prove that they are, at minimum, a fringe bubble playoff team. They want to prove that. And on that day, they did prove that they are a fringe to bubble type of team. Not in a contender, but a bubble team. They at least proved that. Now defeating Detroit on the road, that increases their... It raises them up a bit to maybe a nine-win team at this point. Which still keeps them in the bubble. But a, a, a stronger bubble. Like, last week I thought they were headed more closer to an 8-8 eight and eight record. Now it could be more. Yes, it could. I kind of also threw in that, ah, oh, Sebastian, you're killing me with the you're wrong stuff. But it's like, it's okay. I was just teasing him. He says it was the defenses lighting it up. That was, yep. That pretty much was. That San Francisco lit up the, uh, the Jets, and of course, we lit up Detroit for the most part. It was it was very good. The Colts actually played pretty good defense as well. It was crazy. Um Sebastian mentioned that he called earlier. Yep, we'll kind of leave that there. He says, A "Thriller." By the way, I really want to hear the new show now, and you've yet to do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had to wait till Monday. So sorry about that. This was all just yesterday. Dan Taylor says, "Skull Vikings first place in the NFC North." Oh yeah, you betcha. Cedric Paulding, yep says, 3 and one, first place in the division. We're looking like a football team. at go Vikes!" Oh yeah, I mean I, I love it. This has been a nice surprise, Cedric. It really has. We finally won a road game, and uh, yeah, we finally, <laughs> yeah, we finally won a road game in the division, which uh, yeah. Anthony mentioned as well and during his call. I didn't write it down for some reason, but Anthony did mention that. The Vikings were, uh, yeah, over for their last 11 in the division. It's finally over. Thank God. <laughs> hey, apparently our last uh, road win in the division, by the way. Whew. You know when it was, ladies and gentlemen? You know when it was? Our last road win in the division. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Brett Favre in Lambeau Field in 2009. Remember how good that felt? Remember how, I mean, it was like we're pretty much going to win the division now for sure. We're going to at least have home field advantage in the first round, if not a bye. And we just might be a Super Bowl team. Remember how good that felt, how cool that felt. We we actually got Favre away from Green Bay eventually. You know, the Jets later, but Green Bay. We got him here and we actually beat the Packers with Favre on our team in Lambeau. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I remember how that felt? Well, apparently... <laughs> Apparently that's how long it's been since it's been since that day that we won a, bro, a division game on the road. That's freaking crazy. Anthony Batista closes uh, at least this part of the Facebook. I'll make sure that there's not more. I'm sure there might be some responses to some of my quotes that I'll get to. Yep, there it is. Anthony Batista says glad to break that 0-11 losing streak in the division. No doubt. I mean it was brutal. It was brutal, Anthony. And it's finally over. Yes, sir. It's finally over. Oh, good job, Anthony. (laughs) Yep, it's finally over. That nonsense is finally done. Thank God in heaven for that. Oh, my. So, um, checking to make sure if there was any new stuff here. I don't think there's anything I'm missing. Good. Glad to see that. It's not quite as crazy as last week in that sense, but um, hey, I'm not complaining about anybody posting. I think it's a good thing if people post. It's just a bunch of people clicking like on some of the stuff I was saying, mentioning that I'm probably going to be probably going to be recording on Mondays. So again, sorry for the change. It was going to be Wednesday, then Tuesday, then Monday. I think the schedule for this show and for everybody to kind and also to try to maximize listenership, try to record it on Mondays. because you know, it takes a little time to get for Dylan to get the show onto iTunes and eventually onto TSS, so the SportsStuff.com that is. It's um, it's just one of those things. That we got to, uh, yeah, we got to, we got to try to maximize listenership, and also at the same time, guys like Sebastian and others, they want to listen to the darn show. They don't want to wait till Wednesday, Thursday. And he mentioned that as well. They want to be able to listen to the show without waiting half the week. So I can relate to that as well. Come on, where's the dang show? It's almost time for the next week, the next game already. So, yeah, it's just one of those kind of common sense things. Good, uh, so just mentioning that, people clicking uh, like on that. I also did my little announcement saying that the record, the previous record for this show and listenership was utterly shattered. So thank you all of those that were kind enough to click like. I appreciate it very much. Neil was Neil Thiesing clicked it Lucas Quayle who's a strong listener uh, of uh, Timberwolves Explosion as well thank you Lucas a multi-show fan Sebastian Balls of course clicks like Nick Borboom is also a multi-show guy Anthony Batista and I believe Dylan Richardson I'll click in on there because Dylan Richardson also shows up as Screw Mafia and yes new listener Mark Carlson thank you again Mark for joining and for listening I appreciate you very much yeah these were great posts again, not quite as not quite as insane as last week, but very very, 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 very good stuff. Thank you very much all those of you and every one of you for what you had to say. All of you it was it was very valuable. Yeah, I don't think I missed anything. so glad about that. So let's get back to kind of reviewing the game a little bit more and then we'll preview Tennessee and call it a week again. Yep, another going to be another fairly long show just because that's how it goes <sighs> trying to see if there's anything in the game that I missed overall but no overall it was the, the defensive line now they did not play very well early in the game but later in the game they played utterly fantastic the defensive line saved the day especially on the last drive uh, Josh Robinson is absolutely emerging as a very good cornerback uh, mentioned several times during the show by callers and posters Jamarcus Sanford played really good. Uh, very strong comments. Indeed. Sebastian Balls was saying how, yeah, Sanford actually looks smart. So, uh, yeah, he, he did. Sanford actually looks smart out there. And he did, and looked good. He looks like a decent football player out there. He actually looks good, yeah. <laughs> Jamarcus Sanford's improved, and I think it's because he realizes, shoot, you know, he lost his starters role. And some guys have that competitive fire. Oh, man, I, I love that competitive fire. And some, A lot of guys don't have it, and I don't get why they don't have it. It drives me nuts. But apparently, I mean, I, I think that's what it is. Jamarcus Sanford has that competitive fire in him. Like, oh, my God, they're going to take my job away from me. I'll show them I'm going to prove that I can play in this league. I'm going to get better, and I'm going to win that starting job, and I'm going to someday, gosh darn it, maybe be a, something... Mm, something, something in this league, something of, of value in this league. Not going to use the word star, no, but yeah, we're going to be of value. He obviously can hit people extremely hard. He forced a fumble again. Jamarcus Sanford forced a fumble for the second week in a row. <laughs> that is uh, that is just awesome, absolutely awesome. Oh man yeah it was awesome Josh Robinson getting extensive playing time looks very good out there he might be burning he might be beating Chris cook out of a job Chris cook not looking all that great Josh Robinson getting extended playing time and I don't think they took Josh Robinson in the third round to have him run on the bench or even be a nickelback Chris Cook might be a nickelback before all is said and done but, uh, everything depends there Andrew Winfield absolutely. Looks like a stud. He deflected two passes in the game. Stanford deflected three passes in the game. That is unbelievable. Robinson deflected one pass. Harrison Smith deflected three passes in this game. And this is a team that, you know, there were times that looked like, man, they're giving up too much. They're giving the line. They're, they're leaving guys open way too much. But the good news is the defenders were behi- Were in front of the receivers, not behind. And that was a comment brought up multiple times during the game by by people. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, you watch it, yeah. Yeah, they make the catch, but the defender's ready to tackle them. It's not like they make the catch and, ah 20, 30, 40, 50, 40, 30, oh, they finally got him. Oh, 65 yards later, gosh, dang it, you know, like like last year we had a lot of that happen. Cedric Griffin was often like 10 yards behind a guy, it was like, 30-20-10, touchdown! You know, and that's what it was like a lot of last year. Um, man, these... the secondary is significantly better. And um, this this kind of does reflect on Leslie Frazier's style. Get, be, get in front of those receivers. You know, don't let them pass. And unfortunately, that could mean less uh, turnovers forced. Not as much ball hawking, but... It keeps it prevents the big play, and it's not necessarily prevent defense. And it didn't look like prevent defense other than in the last drive, it kind of did. <laughs> Is Joike, uh, what was his name? Joike, Joike Bell. Oh, god, oh, how many? he got six catches for 72 yards in the game, and each and every one of those were short, kind of center passes, center field passes. That uh, one of them developed into a 23 yard gain guys just were not tackling him, they were, and he was making people miss a little bit, joik Bell, ah, uh, there it is, there is your urban legend of the week right there, Joyke Bell, who the hell is joik Bell, well, he did pretty good in the game, <laughs> undrafted out of Wayne State, which is in Michigan, he's from Benton Harbor, Michigan, yeah, there's your, there's your urban legend of the week, Joyke Bell. Who is he and why did he kick our butts? Well, he was open. Maybe that's why he kicked our butts because, I don't know, people didn't know who he really is and he did really well. Yeah, he did. He's Percy Harvin. No, he just did really well in the game. Uh, Everson Griffin was outstanding in the football game. Yes, he was. Everson Griffin with two sacks in the game. For him, had a lot of pressure, but his his second sack pretty much was the end of the line for the Detroit Lions. In fact, it was the end of the line. He sacked uh, on the final play of the game. It was 4th and I forget what it was. 10 or 4th and 5 whatever it was. Harrison Griffin got to Stafford. Sacked him. That was it. Away we go. LaDroi <laughs> Guyon who I ripped a little bit earlier. I believe it was after the Colts game. Yeah, it was after the Colts game. Boy, has he been on the rebound the past two weeks. Oh, Latroy Guyon. That's a guy I've been a fan of, like I always mentioned. I started my first show at the same time he started his career. It was he was drafted by the Vikings the same week that I did the first Turtle Mafia show. And of course that includes everybody else in that draft class, but for whatever reason I identified a lot with Latroy Guyan because he kind of came out of nowhere. He was a backup lineman from uh, he was a backup lineman in college. But he was a very productive backup lineman in limited time. That was in uh, Florida State. Florida State Seminoles made the team, of course, and has been on the team ever since. He was always he was the same way here though. When he was a he was a backup, but in a reserve role, he was a factor. Whenever he got to play, he did something. And then he became a starter because Pat Patrick Williams is gone. He looks pretty good out there, and he's looking more like a starter this year than last year. That's for darn sure. And I think it helps when you have better help uh, around you, rather than like that garbage we had last year and that, a Doyle guy from uh, Adele, I believe it was from New Orleans, the infamous high, who was a part of the infamous high-low plan. Brett Favre in that Saints game, nice bounty hunting, by the way, on those guys on the part of those guys. All right, so hey, it was a second time, just like the Colts game, where you thought the Vikings were going to light up the their, their opponent. And no, it ended up being a kind of a grinded out, very much a grinded out type game. This time the Vikings were victorious as their defense was significantly better in this game versus the Indianapolis Colts game. Oh, significantly better. Much more of a threat by that defensive line. The linebackers were good and the secondary was, well, they did, they did pretty well. They weren't spectacular, but they made tackles when they needed to. They deflected passes and at big moments and you know the first fumble by <laughs> Jamarca Sanford for the second week. Awesome job, Jamarca. Keep it up. Allowing only 13 points against the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Very good. 26 points allowed in two weeks against two of the you know, well, San Francisco doesn't have a great offense, but Detroit sure does. <laughs> it's pretty good. Good stuff. So with that, we are going to take a quick break and we are going to preview the Tennessee Titans. Anybody want to talk about Tennessee? No, Dennis Green. Yep, anybody want to talk about Tennessee? Well, I guess we do. We'll be right back after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 120, which is a reminder for all iPod users and other MP3 players. Thank you all so very much. Okay, real quick now, since we're on the subject of MP3 players, everybody just assumes iTunes, 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 right? Oh, I have to have an Apple product to listen to Purple Mafia. Uh, no, you don't. Now, of course, you can always get, just download the show on even the cheapest MP3 players and put it on, but also Android users, Android users. Now, this is not a plug of any kind. It's just, it's a nice, it's a very good application that's very well known and works extremely well with Android. In fact, it works, (laughs) my gosh, I think it's like faster than iTunes. Double twist, double twist. Now, obviously, they're not paying me any money to talk about it, but I think it helps my show to let you know those of you out there that are that have an Android phone, and you know you want to know how to get it on your Android phone. Maybe you don't have an MP3 player, iPod. You don't want to buy one. I don't blame you if you don't want to pay for it. Download Double Twist and search and click uh, when you get uh, when you have it downloaded. There's a button. There's a podcast button. Click that, then click search. Type in Purple Mafia. Also, feel free to type in Timberwolves Explosion as well. I think that show is doing uh, really well and. Uh, by the way, recordless ownership on that show as well. Oh my God! I don't know where all of you guys are coming from, but thank you very much. I can't. Comp- <laughs> I can't explain it. All I can say is thank you very much. So, yes, check out both of those: Turbo Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion. Go to Double Twist. All right. So before we get to the uh, preview against the Tennessee Titans. We got to do our NFC uh, NFC North roundup real quick. Well, of course, Minnesota and Detroit played in the same game, so that's Detroit's out of the way <laughs> for the time being. They got their work cut out for them. I'll just mention real quick: next week they have to play. Well, actually, they're on the bye next week, and I think they're gonna they're gonna need it. Then they have to go to Philadelphia and Chicago. Well, I, um, <laughs> it's been nice knowing you in the playoffs, guys. Sorry to say, mm, yeah, Detroit Lions. I don't. Like him at all? Actually, I don't know what I don't know why, but they kind of pissed me off more than anybody else. Chicago Bears is this moment are crushing the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo has had thrown two pick sixes at the time that I started recording this show. Has he thrown another one? Let's check right now. Uh yeah, he's thrown five interceptions in the game. Yeah, I think it's time to say happy trails to Tony Romo. You know, Kyle Orton is on that roster. Kyle, Ro- Kyle Orton has a history of winning football games. He ain't pretty, but he gets it done. In fact, he's 9 of 10 from the field right now. You know, Tony Romo's completion percentage is pretty good, but 5 interceptions. He makes too many mistakes. And the guy does not win football games, particularly well, in big moments. He's just, he's just not a winner, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think it's time the Dallas Cowboys made a move on Tony Romo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's time for him to go Two pick-sixes uh, as of right now for Tony Romo. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. It's going to be a 34-18 to final in favor of the Chicago Bears. They are 3-1, and, and they're still having fun. They're tied with the Minnesota Vikings for the division lead, and I, believe, uh, I don't think either one of them is a tiebreaker. Actually, they probably do because they beat the Colts, and we didn't. Granted, we beat the Niners, who are a lot better than the Colts, so I don't know. We'll worry about that when the time comes. We're gonna be playing the Bears fairly soon here. But again, move on from that. Briefly, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Green Bay Packers beat the New Orleans Saints. The 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 A hole bowl, we could call it. Yeah. <laughs> At the risk of sounding like a homer, the A hole bowl. You got the cocky Packers and the and the cheap Saints. Yeah. The bounty hunter the Bounty hunter Saints, yeah. Sick will. Green Bay was able to outlast this one thanks to a missed field goal attempt by Garrett Hartley. Thank you very much for that. Well, he made a 27-yarder. Yeah, good for him. And a 20-yarder. But he couldn't make one that mattered. I believe it was 37 yards out. I could be wrong. Thank you very much for missing that kick. Dang it. <laughs> so the Packers are now two 2-2. and two. I mean, just to imagine if Green Bay was 1-3. That's a long way out from being 1-3, isn't it? Well, unfortunately, they're only one game behind the Vikings right now, and the Bears. Marquise Colson exploded in the football game, as did several other Saints receivers at Colson with nine catches, 153 yards. Yikes. Cedric Benson, another respectable game, 84 yards on the ground, 4.7 per carry. Packers were all over the place as well. Green Bay's offense significantly improved versus previous weeks. Aaron Rodgers Completing 31 of 30 of uh, 41 passes, good for about 75%. Four touchdowns and one INT for him. Green Bay Packers defense really brought back down to earth, though. Oh my! After having a pretty good game against the Seattle Seahawks last week, for uh, only for just a, a meager 440 yards for uh, Drew Brees. That's all. Only 446 yards. Yeah. Eh. You know, just another day at the office for Drew. But it was also another day at the office for Aaron Rodgers. A lot of us thought, saw this, thought this is going to be the NFC Championship game last year, maybe like a 31-35 victory for Green Bay. Most of us probably figured it would happen, or 41-35 or whatever. But, um, well, <laughs> I don't think the Saints are going to any NFC title game this year, but maybe next year. So there you go, Green Bay wins, Minnesota and Chicago win, unfortunately Detroit is the odd one out and they're in big trouble now they are <laughs> yeah I they're not going to the playoffs for the way it looks right now I think Detroit needs a Detroit's got a, a very perilous journey ahead of them if they're going to make the postseason so the Tennessee Titans played the Houston Texans it's the Euler Bowl it was the Euler Bowl Houston Texans destroy the Tennessee Titans 38 to 14. Yes, sir, they more than double the total there. Utter destruction for the aforementioned uh, Tennessee Titans giving up 38 points to an offense that isn't that good. I mean, Houston's more known for their defense. Tennessee not quite putting up the 44 points they did last week against uh, the vaunted Detroit defense that looked like legends against the Vikings. They look like the early 90s Detroit um, Lions. Well, very good defense. Tennessee, you know they're a bit, yeah, they're up and down. Jake Locker, unfortunately for him, he only attempted two passes and didn't complete any of them. Matt Hasselbeck ended up playing most of the game, so we might be looking at another uh, injured quarterback here. <laughs> Situation: The uh, Tennessee Titans come to Minnesota. I don't like their chances at this point. In fact, who who really could? Locker has a separated shoulder. The status is uncertain. Ah, that can't be good. Separated shoulder for Jake Locker. Yeah. Huh. That's not a good sign. So there you go. I mean, if if Jake Locker's out, I think the the uh, Jets are screwed at this point. But it was a non it was a non throwing shoulder, so that's a good thing for him anyway. Second time this season already for Jake Locker. So, it's kind of going to be an ongoing thing. Will he play? It's, uh, right in C mode, according to Titans coach Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak. So, we'll see where things go from there. No structural damage, according to the MRI, to the shoulder. It's similar to last time Munchak said via Titans Insider. Now, this is by Terry McCormick of the National Football Post, the quotes and such. Ah, well, it's gonna... There you go, um... He says the MRI was very similar. It popped out, and they popped it back in. He's real sore right now, so they're just waiting a couple days to get a full examination. If Locker cannot go, the Titans will turn to veteran Matt Hasselbeck, who will likely get the bulk of practice reps at least early in the week, even if Locker's shoulder responds to treatment. Uh Uh-huh. So it's a day-to-day thing. Obviously, separated shoulder isn't necessarily the end of the world. Yeah, if he's not injured, no, it's not. So, it's a wait-and-see thing. Obviously, the guy won't be at full health if he does play. Matt Hasselbeck is a more than capable backup, but he's a very old backup, who's not exactly spectacular. Uh, He threw two interceptions in the game against Houston's excellent defense. Uh, He also threw a a pick-six in the game, did Matt Hasselbeck. In fact, two pick-sixes. Both of his interceptions were pick sixes. So, all right, guys. Come on now, you guys in the secondary. <laughs> uh, Sanford dropped a sure interception at one point in the game, right in his chest. It wasn't the easiest interception in the world, but, uh, yeah, it, was, it should have been. I think it should have been caught. So hopefully we can uh, capitalize if Matt Hasselback throws any more errant passes. Of course, against the Vikings, he probably won't, but we'll see. Hasselbeck is already, uh, gosh, he's 37, 37 years old. But we've seen quarterbacks play even longer than that. Ah, Tennessee, yeah, they had Terry Collins a couple of years ago when we had uh, Gus Surratt playing. So Tennessee's used to having an old quarterback in there. Jake Locker, obviously, is an outstanding player when healthy. Unfortunately, though, he was hurt pretty early in that football game. It didn't spell any type of success for those uh Houston, uh, excuse me, Tennessee Titans they used to be the Houston Oilers long ago Houston Texans right now the favorites to win the NFC they're that good, Um, and Matt Schaub is healthy, which is nice Chris Johnson did blow up for 141 yards, believe it or not in the football game, I don't know why they're running the ball so much when they're down by like a trillion points, but uh, it's the Titans, I guess I don't know what they're doing Arian Foster, not quite the explosive game you'd think he was going to get, but I guess the uh, Titans' defense played slightly better in this game than they did the week before. Houston, again, not known for their offense as much as they are for their defense. They're kind of like the 49ers, really, to be honest with you. Much more known for their defense. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to factor in. 14 of those points came off of pick sixes, so <laughs> it's one of those things. 14 of those points came off of pick sixes. Matt Hasselbeck with an absolute garbage-time touchdown with only 57 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. So, as well. So, basically, it was a 38-7 to 7 game. It was just a garbage-time touchdown. So, am I scared of the Titans coming into Minnesota? No. I think Minnesota wins this football game. I do. Um, I got to hope. I, I got to think. Uh, yeah, a home game for the Vikings. They play really good at home. They really do. And they played good enough in Detroit to win the game. So I have no reason to believe the Vikings will lose to the Tennessee Titans at this point, especially if Jake is not healthy. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck, I can't see him coming into the Dome and beating the Vikings. That would be a kind of ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I do believe that... <laughs> shoot. Uh, you, I still believe that you beat the uh, Titans in the air. I... I mean, they, they sure, they for the most part, they, they contained Arian Foster. He They didn't stop him, but they contained him for the most part. They kept him to 86 yards and less than four yards per carry. So that's that looks kind of good. And, you know, obviously Houston's trying to run the ball and run the clock during the football game. When you're up by that much, you want to just run the clock, right? So it's one of those deals. And they, they didn't run that much. They, they ran enough. <laughs> for the most part. Chris Johnson is is dangerous, you know, obviously. He got 20, he got 141 yards against the, the uh, Houston Texans, averaging 5.6 a carry. His long is only 19, yet he still averaged 5.6 a carry. That's pretty good. So, uh, Chris Johnson has been an up-and-down guy forever. He's got a big, he's, he's cocky, and he's, yeah, his attitude's in the wrong place. He's absolutely overpaid as well, according to, like, everybody. Only got four touchdowns last year after getting that huge contract. Good for you, Chris Johnson. Way to handle prosperity. Absolutely. <sighs> so, but, and before before last week's game, he'd done a whole lot of nothing. Had a breakthrough game against the uh, Houston Texans. I got to think that he will not, that, that, yeah, that's a one-week wonder for Chris Johnson. I got to think the Vikings contain him, keep him to 80 or less on the ground. I'm not scared of Matt Hasselbeck. I'm sure, I think he'll get a turnover or so. Maybe the Vikings force a fumble in the game as well. Hasselbeck actually had three turnovers in the game. Two pick-sexes and a lost fumble, so the guy's not looking too good, and I do have to factor in, it is Houston, but the Vikings defense has looked greatly improved, and they have been forcing, well, they forced a fumble in back-to-back weeks. That's good. <clears throat> I think the Vikings get two turnovers out of the Tennessee Titans. Ah, I'll, I'll just say a fumble and an interception to keep Chris Johnson to under 80 yards. The passing game of the Houston see I keep calling him Houston. I really apologize. the Tennessee Titans is not scary. You look at their wide receivers and you just kind of like I don't know you fall asleep. I'm not scared of their passing game at all honestly. Jake Locker is a talented individual though. <clears throat> now Kendall Wright is a pretty good player, he's young, he's a first round pick 20th overall by the Titans he, you know, he's had an okay start to the year but not great only 148 yards in 4 games not making anybody blush, Nate Washington obviously was a factor in the past with previous teams he's almost 30 years old already he's got uh, 228 yards in the year so far, uh, Nate Washington I don't know yeah, I, I'm not really scared of this uh, Tennessee offense, really. To be honest, no. And I think the Vikings are going to score points against Tennessee, not not a ton though. Let's keep it to 24. I think Minnesota wins 24 to 14 on Sunday. 24 to 14. You know, until the Vikings offense can prove they can score 30, I'm not going to pick it again because they've they've burned me twice in that category this year. I thought they were going to get 30 against uh, 34 against uh, the Colts. Thought they were going to get 31 against Detroit, or was it 34 again? I went with the same prediction. Great, <laughs> and they didn't. So we're going to go with 24-14. Minnesota defeats Tennessee by 10 points in the dome. We're going to see some sacks at the Vikings. I think we're going to get through that line of Tennessee. I do believe that. Uh, yeah, I mean the Titans did not sack Matt Schaub once. Christian Ponder is going to have more freedom in this football game. I do believe the uh, Texans managed to get three sacks in the game, two by Watt and one by Antonio Smith. So that's another thing to think about. Tennessee's defense or offensive line is not the worst, but it's not the best. I think the Vikings get at least a couple sacks in the game. Would not be nice to see Everson Griffin keep it up. He's got three already this year. Uh, Blair Walsh, well. <laughs> Well, He's an awesome kicker. I don't think they're going to have to really worry about him if he he misses at some point. I hope that's not going to be a fear in the game. I think the Vikings will coast to a 10-point victory in the Dome. And uh, we'll be feeling very good about this team with a 4-1 record. As the schedule will, well, it's going to stay easy for a little while (laughs) until about the midpoint of the year. Vikings head to Washington. We always beat the Redskins. But unfortunately, now they have RG3, which is going to really make things tougher. Arizona's oh, would follow after that. They're playing great right now. Tampa Bay is not good. I think the Vikings absolutely win that game at home. And then you get Seattle and Detroit. Yeah, and then the bye. But yeah, I'm going way too far ahead of myself here. Then the schedule gets ridiculously tough after that with like, teams like Houston and stuff and Chicago twice and Green Bay twice. Ouch! But, um, Schedule looks like I don't know. It's 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 interesting, Well let's just keep it to the Tennessee game. I mean, unfortunately, it's a, uh, it's those later afternoon games which I don't like very much. I like the noon games. I like to get the game, watch the game, and and relax, enjoy the afternoon. But yeah, uh, they want to make us wait. I that sucks, <laughs> but that's how it goes. Whatever, right? It makes us feel more important. I guess, huh? what it does, yep, we're more important now, we're prime time now, no, we're not prime time, but we're something like that the Tampa Bay game will be prime time it's kind of a weird choice Minnesota and Tampa Bay, like, what if we stunk, you know, (laughs) hmm because they're doing the weekly Thursday games now, which I think is absolutely awesome, like, you know, props to the NFL for that, but uh, yeah, I feel very confident in the Vikings winning this football game still doesn't make them a playoff team yet Remember the 2003 team. I, I'm starting to look at this team almost like the 2003 Vikings. Kind of. A, two th- a mix of like 2003, two, and 2007. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm kind of looking at right now. Maybe more like 2007, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully we're more like 2004 you know, or 2008 and we make the playoffs. But that's yet to be determined. You've Gotta win games at Washington and win home games like, like Arizona, Tampa Bay, Detroit, teams like that. We gotta win those games. Like the Bears at home. Gotta win that game. Mhm. At Chicago, at Green Bay. Ooh, that's not gonna be easy. <laughs> but we'll let that happen when it happens. Unfortunately that's gonna be when it's getting very cold out. Yeah, Sunday the twenty fifth of November. <laughs> December the second in Green Bay. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but Hey, team's playing well. The listenership has been fantastic. Thank you again so very much. Remember the call-in line 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is, of course, Purple Mafia. Statement, shout-out, question, comment, whatever it is. Would be so terrific. Um... Again, the sports stuff.com they are looking to gut the message boards on there, unfortunately. But do check out the website and look at the other shows on there, including Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, if you like Minnesota teams, but there's other teams on there as well. The Crossover is an awesome show. If you, you know A couple of Australian guys, Rusty and PMAC, talk about the New Jersey Nets, New York Knicks, excuse me, Brooklyn Nets and New York Knicks. But, um, yeah, it's a great website. Do give it a... Just give it a look if you like, either way. Thank you again for listening. Uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show. Give that a like and at purple mafia show. Do give that a follow if you could, also oh, very much would it be appreciated. And if you like the show, give me a nice rating on iTunes. Yeah, if you like the show and you have an iTunes account, give me a nice rating on there. Hey, help me out. All right? And again, remember to tell a friend or two or 40. <laughs> like I said on last show, I, you, you must have been telling 40 last week. because yeah. Anyhow, yeah, keep, keep it up. Hey, some of you new guys, tell a friend or two or 40. <laughs> Would be terrific. Thanks again for listening. And um, hey, Minnesota Vikings, keep up the good work.